0: Hello and welcome everybody to the Tent and Event Rental Industry Podcast. This is your host, Paul Spatola from Rochester, New York. Today I want to try something a little bit different, still general, but slightly more specific, <laughs> and it's the concept of moving a business, a currently established business from a only table and chair or only table, chair, tabletop and catering, specialty items, those kind of things, and, and taking those established businesses and transitioning into utilizing tents or introducing tents into your inventory. So it's more about bringing them into your inventory, not necessarily making a full transition into becoming a tent rental business. Uh, This has all been based on a series of conversations I've had with listeners, a series of conversations I've had with my friends who are currently caterers and have tables and chairs and some of the specialty items, but not everything. Uh, and, And really having questions about what to look for what to consider when, you know, bringing a tent into the mix. So um, I want to say, first of all, thanks for those folks that have reached out. Please keep reaching out. Uh, I would love to have these conversations and keep them going. And again, this is a little bit, it's still general, but a little more specific to those folks who have established businesses. They do tables and chairs and specialty decor and tabletop, and maybe some of those caterers who have all of the above, and they just need to add tents into the mix uh, to take their business to the next step. So Uh, First things first, I want you to review your current business model. I want you to review and consider your vision and I want you to start looking across your current network and outside of your current network for other businesses that are on the same model, right? They have the same items that you have. They have generally the same business model that you have, okay? I'm sure you're already great with social media, with Pinterest, with Instagram, generally with social media, right? Because you're using specialty decor as a part of this. You have to have that touch. You have to have that vision. So go back through and take a look at those other folks in and out of your network to see what they're doing and what kind of tents they're using. Now, size and scope of your current mod- current business model dependent, you'll wanna start making contact with those individuals as well as manufacturers who have a variety of tent styles and sizes. So as an example, if you're a caterer who also rents tables, chairs, linens, tabletop, and decor, but you just need the tent, The first thing you need to do is determine the size or excuse me, the average size of your events. To keep it simple, as an example, if your typical client size hosts 60 guests, a couple of smaller tents like a 20 by 30 high peak and a 20 by 40 high peak, those are going to be really great places to start. They're easy. They're not too expensive. And they're a great place for you to start bringing them into the fold. Now, you're still doing all of that stuff, but you also have a couple 200-person weddings or 300-person weddings a year, that's when you need to start taking account those larger client sizes. You need to start looking at making a significant jump in the size of the tent. And my suggestion there is going to be a 40 by 100, okay? The reason I say so is if you have a 40 by 100, that should be pretty dang good for a 200-person wedding. It's going to be the right size. There's going to be enough space, okay? That's just a general example. Now, the other thing to consider here is rural versus suburban versus urban. And that's going to require you taking a deep look at where you're making these deliveries. As another example, if you're typically doing these events in a suburban environment, a 40 by 100 pole tent, that might be the right fit for that 200 person wedding. Whereas if you're in a major city and there's no area for you to drive stakes and set up that pole tent, you're going to immediately need to jump into the purchase of frame tents. Now, as a general classification, frame versus pole, a pole tent uses stakes. You drive the stakes into the ground. You use tension to hold that tent top up versus a frame tent, which is self-standing, or a structure, which is self-standing. That's going to give you the capability of setting the tent up and then anchoring it with something we call ballast, which really just translates to gigantic, super-heavy concrete blocks. The reason I bring up the urban versus suburban versus rural is... If you're rural, you're not gonna have any issues driving stakes into the ground to set that tent up. Okay. If you're urban, like a major city or a major metropolitan area, and all of your clients host their events downtown, you're gonna need that frame tent because you're not gonna be able to drive stakes into the ground to anchor the tent. This is gonna be very, very critical as you consider moving into especially the large clients because if you need a 40 by 100 for a 250 person event downtown, you're gonna need to bring in 40,000 pounds of that concrete. So, of course, you are gonna need to consider, first and foremost, labor costs, because before you might have just had one box truck with two delivery folks. Now, if you're bringing in a large frame tent, you're going to need not only those that same frame, uh, excuse me, that same truck and those same two people, but probably another three people, probably another truck. And realistically, you're going to need another truck to help you ship in that concrete. Now, the labor cost is one thing. Storage is a completely different thing to consider. Transportation, I just brought that up, and logistical concerns. You're going to face all of that by including tents into the mix, whether or not it's a 20 by 30 and two of you set it up or it's a 40 by 100 and you need tools and additional trucking and additional manpower to get that tent set up. I'm not trying to scare you. Just want to get your mind focused on the holistic holistic picture that you'll need to consider. Now, of course, you're going to want to consider what costs are associated because on the higher end, for the bigger tents, the 40 by 100, the 50 by 100, the 60 wide structure, there's a lot of investment costs that you're going to have to consider there. So uh, on the other side, smaller folks, you do 50 person events on the regular, that 20 by 30, not so bad. So your client size or the average client size is really going to matter. If your average client size is 150 plus, you're not going to walk away without spending a bunch of money, right? If uh, And before you even consider the cost of investing in a tent, You want to think about how it can be multifunctional, and you'll need to review your warehouse space, your current logistics that's trucking, your current labor force. Adding any tent larger than a 30 by 60 pole tent will bring you additional labor and logistical challenges that you do not currently face, I can assure you. Storage, that's one thing, but if you purchase a frame tent because you're urban, you really need to think about that storage because you're going to need those block and roll, those ballasts, those concrete blocks. So you need either interior or exterior storage to get those uh, concrete blocks built, stored, and then eventually moved. And it's it's just one of those things you really need to consider. So without being able to talk absolute specifics to your business model, that's those who are listening, I'd assume that you would want to pre- prepare yourself anywhere from five to $20,000 for investment up front, whether it's the... 20 by 30 and 20 by 40 or going way up to the other side 40 by 100 50 by 100 and that's not considering tools that's not considering ancillary products like sidewalls or doors small thing emergency signage of course concrete and then logistical considerations. so not trying to scare you just want to get you thinking about the whole thing now aside from all that stuff i think where it really becomes challenging is the end-to-end operation so you wanna look at the scale or the scope of your entire operation. You and your sales team, starting there, you're gonna to need to look, uh, you're gonna to need to educate yourself and read up on the tents that you're bringing in and the tents that are out there, as well as safety procedures, pricing, and general education, okay? Naturally, you're gonna to wanna to start by determining how much it's gonna to cost to bring it in, and then from there, how you're going to price your rentals. But furthermore, You'll need to ensure that you have all the ancillary talking points that surround the rental and the usage of the tent here's a really good example underground utilities overhead utilities space on the tent ground delivery and pickup access from a sales perspective those are questions those are probing questions you need to ask so that you understand exactly what your delivery crew is going to face the reason you want to ask those questions is underground utilities right away safety concern overhead utilities same thing. Safety concern. Space for the tent ground. If somebody's backyard is a sixty by one hundred and they have a four hundred person event, it's going to get a little tight in there. If, especially if you want to do a, a tent that is going to fit four hundred people, so you need to make sure you understand that you're, uh, you need to make sure you understand what the tent ground looks like and then the access that you have because it could be that they have all the space in the world, but you don't have a way to get to that tent site without hand carrying everything. If you have to hand-carry everything, you as the caterer, you would have already added an additional fee. You as the table and chair and decor person, you would have already added an additional fee. There's nothing different about that when it comes to setting up the tent. Another thing to consider is pricing for permits, not to mention making contact with the fire marshal to establish a relationship and ensure you set up within the appropriate guidelines of their jurisdiction. Take that a step further, if you're urban, you might have multiple jurisdictions to consider. I'm sure you got this, but your day of logistics, they're totally going to change when it comes to tent rental. The tent itself needs to be set and ready to go before any of your interior products are delivered and set. I'm sure you knew that, but I just wanted to say it. You're going to need to coordinate with your own teams so that the tent setup is first, interior setup and delivery of dance floors and tables and chairs and linens and tabletop, is all coordinated, as well as then the finishing touches with lighting and maybe the need for power sourcing or HVAC. The final piece is, especially of those of you who are currently caterers, is of course the food prep and the delivery. So from start to finish, you're talking about the sales process, (laughs) making sure that everything is set ready to go, getting permitting if it's required, then of course the day of or the day before setting up the tent bringing in then another crew to set up the interior, getting your catering crew to come in after that to finish all the touches, administer the event. And then of course, from there, it's all about takedown. Now, if you're that caterer, you can also adjust your pricing, I'm sure, because you can now have a full service end to end. So you might be able to get away with kind of trimming some of those things, but honestly, don't ever trim if you can get the money that uh, you're owed, right? Um, The other thing is, um, if you're not a caterer, but now the tent and everything else rental, you are gonna have success in finding ways to split your crew and specialized teams. So I wanna go off track here for just one second. Setting your crew up in specialized teams. Right now, if you're the small scale, you typically do 50 person events. One or two of you mostly can handle that, whether you're the caterer and the table and chair rental and the decor and everything else. If you're typically doing 200 person events, 300 person events. This is really where I want to uh, drive into this because there are some really big, really successful businesses that take the concept of specialized units within their organization. So they'll have from the beginning, of course, sales and general business administration. That's that's one arm. Everything else goes into the warehouse where they have team leads and, and supervisors and warehouse managers, right? And then there's a specific loading crew Right? So there's a warehouse staff that only loads and offloads the trucks and keeps the warehouse in order. Then there's a delivery crew that goes out and does the install of just the tents. Right From there, you have your interior install team that comes in and does uh, and facilitates the setup of the dance floor, the tables and the chairs, the lighting, all of the power sourcing, all of those other things. And then, of course, the caterer at the tail end who's coming in and going through and having the, you know, a successful event. So for that kind of setup is the $2 million, $3 million business that has 20 full-time employees and 60 you know, part-timers through the middle of their busy season with specialized uh, tasks and training. Uh, all that said, that's kind of a big picture thing, but something to consider. And definitely something to consider as you start to move forward and you want to build your business into something bigger and better. Now, um, the la- the, another piece of this is, and I'm sure you're getting this, is the mindset needs to change, right? You're no longer going to be handling the sale and then the delivery to a hotel, to a banquet center, to a country club or otherwise. You are bringing the venue. So coordinating with that venue or that location where the tent is going is just as critical, if not more critical, and making sure that you're considering <clears throat> advanced time for the load, for the setup, and then of course for the loadout times those days where you're just rolling your equipment in and rolling your equipment out, they're, they're going to be gone as soon as you now become the venue because of course you're bringing the tent. Now for the smaller table chair decor folks, this might be a little bit easier to jump into, okay? Because your tents are really going to be 20 by 30s, 20 by 40s, maybe you'll jump up to a 30 by 60 and really those are going to be easily managed by that small teams of uh, team of individuals. So as a helper. I think it's really important for me to say that I personally think frame tents are the way to go here, regardless of urban, suburban, or rural. If you're consistently doing large events and your clientele typically has really high budgets, this is where those large frame or structure or sailcloth options really come into play. Structures or frames, especially with clear top panels, are a huge hit with the the high revenue clientele. They're great Night they're great for night events, they're great for interior lighting, they're great for photos, and really they're great for any style and vision that you can think of. Postmodern, industrial chic, old-fashioned, black and tie, whatever. Those frame tents, they really, really work well for that. Now, the sailcloth tents, they're gonna play perfectly with your farm tables or any kind of rustic chic, barn style or outdoor themed event. And also the sail the sailcloth tents, they pair extremely well with handcrafted decor. Uh, as well as folks that have like a real vision for floral arrangements. Man, it can look so great. Hanging florals, rustic lighting. Anyone who's really kind of going with that that rustic chic definitely want to go with the sailcloth. As you move away from 100% delivery to established venues, and maybe it's like 80% to establish venues, but other the other 20% is you bring the venue, you have to really consider the square footage of your equipment. Okay. Right now, you know that that banquet hall can only host 225 people. They're probably not using your tables, but they are using your decor. They are using your china and your glassware and some of your catering equipment. They are using your specialty chairs and your specialty lighting. You don't have to be worried about what's going on inside that venue because you're going to take that stuff in most cases, make the delivery, and then their staff is going to take care of it for you. The reason I bring this up is you're now that 20% or 30% bringing the venue. So when that person calls and they say, I've got a 225 guest event, your tent size is going to be determined based on what they do inside the tent. So if they have a head table, if they have a 20 by 20 dance floor or 20 by 24 dance floor, 24 by 24 dance floor, if they have a cake table, if they have a sweetheart table, if they have a lounge section for furniture, If they want all farm tables brought in, if they want all eight foot banquet tables brought in, right, depending on what they're looking for, everything is going to matter for the square foot. So as a sales individual, you need to start probing for those questions. What's the theme of your event? Now, because you already have decor, you're going to know what kind of questions to ask for from from a visionary perspective, but you need to slightly shift that mindset to thinking about the spatial awareness of the tent and what you're doing inside of that tent. As a kind of easy example, uh, my father used a pretty basic formula where a 60-inch round table seated with eight guests would be considered 120 square foot. Mathematically, that's not perfect, but we use that actual square footage to give ourselves space. If we used eight-foot banquet tables, we would say that that eight-foot banquet table seated with eight guests would take up about 75 or 80 square foot per table. So we used those calculations to make sure that our tent was large enough to accommodate whatever it is that that guest count was. Other considerations are, do you do staging? Is there going to be a band? Is there going to be a dance floor? Is the dance floor going to be very big, right? Are they going to have food service in that same tent? If they do, do they need a bunch of eight foot tables? And where are those eight foot tables going to go? Do they need a bar? Do they need multiple bars? Is there gonna be several, if it's a, maybe it's a special event and it's a fundraiser, maybe they need a bunch of eight foot tables on the side of the 100 wide. And because they're all lined up with all sorts of gifts and other things, you need to consider all of that square footage being taken up. So ask those probing questions so that you, bringing the venue, can offer the appropriate size tent. And most importantly, don't let the client downsize. If you already talked about needing 5,000 square foot of space based on your math, and you currently own a 50 by 100 structure, or a 50 by 100 Navitrack frame tent from Anchor, use that tent size because you're gonna end up, if they say, well, you know, then it, don't, it doesn't matter. Keep the, the tent size the same. Make sure that there is ample space for folks to move around, okay? There's plenty of calculations out there as well for general seating, uh, for square footage per person without any tables and chairs, right? There's a lot of different ways that you can do this. There's tons of resources out there, so ask those questions. But no matter what, make sure you give enough space enough square footage and consider the math that goes into all of those tables all of those chairs the bistros the food service the catering service all of it okay now of course if you have 72 inch rounds if you have farm tables those are going to be different square foots than 60 inch rounds and of course the eight foot tables but my point is math is going to determine all of this so make sure you get that figured out and do that Um, the other thing to consider here is um you really want to make sure that you give yourself ample time with bigger events, bigger tents, excuse me. If you're on the smaller scale, it's a 20 by 30, 20 by 40, you're not going to need all that much time. So your time frames for delivery, for setup, for load in, load out, those are going to be a little bit easier. But if you have a 50 wide structure, a 60 wide structure, you really got to make sure you talk that client into giving you an extra day on the front and on the back. Lastly, I think it's really, really critical to use your resources. Find a company, and I think I started with this, but find a company completely out of your delivery range and make contact. Make sure you spend ample time with your tent vendor asking questions about the engineering of the tent or the structure itself. Ask what the wind ratings are. Ask why that's important. Okay, Let them educate you on that. As well as, do they have the ability to provide on-site training? Do they have the ability to provide virtual training? Now, If you're going to jump directly into a 40-wide frame tent or larger without any previous experience, you absolutely must use all of your resources available to you, and you really, really need to ask for recommended tools, expected labor requirements, expected installation times, and best practices. It's imperative to request an on-site visit for them to show you how to set that up for the first time. I'd venture a guess that if it's a structure purchase, they're going to send somebody out there, whereas... If you're that smaller scale, 20 by 30 high peak, they're not gonna send somebody out there to show you how to set that up. You will be able to figure that out, not only with general trial and error, but also a 20 by 30 high peak. It doesn't have that many working parts. So you could do this in your backyard or you know out on out the pavement of your parking lot pretty easily. Honestly, some of you might even have enough warehouse space to set those up inside the warehouse. If you do a 30 wide, a 40 wide, especially if you jump immediately into structures, request that that manufacturer sends a rep out to show you how to set that structure up for the first time. Now, uh, the consideration of jumping from just tables and chairs to tents, small is a good starting spot. Like I said, go with the 20 by 30, go with the 20 by 40, just to make sure that you have a little excess for those smaller jobs. See how it goes. If you don't like it at the end of your season, after you've already rented the tent out several times, contact local uh, competitors or go online, Event Rental Classified, some of these other things we've talked about here on the podcast, and try to sell those tents. All I'm trying to say is, if you're going to be that small business that's gonna jump into this and use small tents, you really don't have anything to lose. On the flip side, if you're already a $2 million, $3 million business, you need to take a hard look at how much money you wanna invest, how you're going to train from end to end, how your logistics are gonna change from end to end, and honestly, if you're doing $3 million, $3.5 million for, and you don't have tents yet, it might even be something where you look to bring in some folks who have experience in the industry. Put out a job application for a project manager. Put out a job application for uh, a tent specialist, somebody that you really shows that they have the knowledge, that they can really do what they're doing, and then expect that excellence from them. There's a lot of folks out there who have been doing this for a long time that are looking for a great opportunity because right now, they're making 18 bucks an hour and they're happy, but they really want that $25 an hour job and to be called that project manager, to be called the, tent, the manager of tent rentals, right? Something of that nature. Lastly, and I think <laughs> this is really important, remember that you have to watch the weather. Now that you're bringing the venue, you have to account for anything that goes wrong. Wind, rain, lightning, a dramatic increase or decrease in temperature, that's now all on you, that's all gonna impact your guest experience. HVAC systems are something to consider. Generators, other appropriate power sources, these are all gonna need to be a part of your new vision to make sure that nothing gets in the way of a perfect client event. New equipment with correct installation should, in most cases, mean that you don't have to worry about the weather, but you would be a fool to knowingly not pay attention to it. Weather matters on both sides of the install as well as the day of the event or days of the event right sloppy and wet conditions can mean significant challenges during setup and can mean for a really dirty tent at the tail end when you're picking everything up it's also really helpful to bring and this is kind of like just a general tip when you're making when you're starting to do these installs go out and purchase like 10 or 15 or 20 four by eight pieces of plywood keep those on your delivery truck in case the weather gets nasty before or after the install and what this will do is it'll help your, your crew to transport and handjack the equipment without getting themselves too dirty. And I think, honestly, more importantly, making sure your equipment stays free from all the excess grime and dirt and everything else. The other small side of this is it can really help to get those smaller vehicles to the location uh, without anything uh, going wrong. Uh, the final piece I want to offer here is I think you should try to make this happen. If you've already got to the point where you recognize that adding a tent or multiple to your inventory is something you're interested, you've got the same bug as the rest of us, right? Now you're in the same, you're in the same boat. So um, I do want to throw a bit of caution. If you're already pretty dang close to a full service business, don't overdo the tent side of this, okay? Take your time. You already have an established business model. The tent is something that's supposed to come in to help to pr- produce additional revenue, maybe to secure a specific client or specific clients, right? So don't overdo it. Take your time, do your research, always be learning, okay? And always be asking for the input and advice from those of us who have already done this before you. Tenting has been around for hundreds of years, and although the concepts are generally the same, the engineering, the installation, and the tools are what set us apart from 1980 to now 2020. So do your research, talk to other owners, review your competition's pricing, review your current business model, and take time in preparing to make a jump like this. A few of you have already talked who have been uh, have well-established, well-functioning business that don't do tents, okay? My obsession is the tent side. Your obsession is the decor and the tabletop and the the lighting and the specialty kind of rentals, right? We both have, or we all have our kind of niches. So if you're going to make the jump into the tent side, take your time. I can see you having some pretty crazy financial success if you do it correctly if you add that 60 wide structure at the right time if you add those couple 20 by 30s 20 by 40s that can really increase your revenue but again if you're jumping straight into a 60 wide structure which is a $7,500,000 purchase you know $50,000 purchase depending on where you get it that can have real significant uh, cost implications to your business so make sure you vet all of this stuff first you're gonna come across significant hurdles, right? Labor management, financial investment, right? Injuries, right? Now that you have tents, you have to be really cautious about how your crew is operating. You wanna make sure they're doing it right, you wanna make sure they're doing it safely, okay? God forbid, the last piece of this puzzle that we haven't talked about is the acts of God. This is now something that you're gonna to have to consider because you're setting up the venue, you're setting up a tent, which means if there's a crazy storm that comes through, if there's a microburst that comes through, You now have the possibility of losing your equipment due to damage. You now have the possibility of having individuals get hurt or harmed because this microburst came through and knocked the tent over and there were guests in the tent. These are all things you need to consider from a holistic approach as you're talking about moving from tables and chairs, specialty decor, into the tent world. Now, I really, really, really want to encourage you to do this because I think it's fun. I think it's amazing. I think it's a great opportunity for any business owner to take a next step and increase their revenue, hopefully increase their profit, of course, but there's a lot to consider. Now, I've been on this for about 25 minutes, 26 minutes, yep, 27. Uh, So I've been talking for a little bit. I could keep going on this for a long time. If anyone wants to talk any further about this, I would love to chat. Uh, If you are one of those individuals out there that have just tables and chairs and linens and tabletop and specialty decor and you want to make a jump into the tent world, honestly, I'm really curious to know if this podcast has helped you uh, in this podcast particularly, but the rest of the podcast as well. Uh, Send me your feedback. Send me an email. I would love to chat. Uh, Of course, I'm looking for some five-star ratings. I'm looking for some reviews on the podcast itself. But I really want to hear from you uh, to hear what's going on out there. Now, I'm going to wrap it up. So thanks for going on this little Sidewinder journey with me. Uh, As always, feel free to reach out to me with your comments, your questions, your concerns. If there's anything you want to hear me talk about, anything that you have a question on that you'd like me to try to dive into with a full podcast, I'd love to know. Email me at PSPATS44 at gmail. That's P like Paul, S like Sam, P like Paul, A like Apple, T like Tom, S like Sam, 44 at gmail. Give this podcast a five-star rating and a review. Share it with your tenting friends. And also, share it with your table and chair renting friends, (laughs) as well as your catering friends. And of course, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. This is Paul Spatola, and this is the Tent and Event Rental Industry Podcast.